0: Joe David Wilson has graduated from this life. Going forward, we will continue to honor his legacy, knowledge, and love of thy Lord by continuing to play sermons pre-recorded prior to his graduation. We invite you to honor his memory by attending worship services or joining us online for a further Bible study. Welcome to In Search of the Mind
1: of God. We invite you to search with us the mind of God. Searching His mind, we can always be sure our salvation will not be based on man's ideas or false feelings. It will never be our purpose to promote any denominational doctrine of any religious group. Man is fallible. God is not. This program is brought to you by the Port St. Lucie Church of Christ, 384 East Midway Road, White City, Florida. Bible study courses, and personal teaching are available. We purpose to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified.
2: What I want to start is a series on an interesting subject. One that I've not heard preached on too many times. If, in fact, at all, except the messages that I've preached done a lot of reading and studying, and hopefully that you'll be able to gain from an advantage that I have uh, hopefully offered you as we study. Now, what Travis read is exactly the right place. Now we need to join that with this. Turn to the book of Luke, the 20th chapter, and the 34th through the 36th verse. Luke 20, 34, uh, 34 through 36. Jesus was here on the earth and was questioned about a lot of things. It's always been a disadvantage to us that the Jews didn't smarten up. Because of all the questions you could have asked God, he was here and could have answered them. And they, they passed up the golden opportunity Or if they ask a question that God did not intend to answer, it's not recorded. And maybe, again, that's the answer. If you're there now in uh, Luke, the 20th chapter, are you there? Read with me, if you don't mind, verses 34 through 36. Jesus answered and said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. So I ask you, what are angels? A lot of us have heard about angels all of our lives. We've heard it discussed in verbiage. We've not heard it much preached about. Therefore, there are many questions we have concerning who they are and what they are and what their purpose was and what constitutes them as a being and how we should look at them as we serve the Lord. What do we know about them? What have we been told? What have we read? Do we or did we properly exegete what we did read? Or is what we believe from legend or folklore that they exist and don't marry and never die is told us by their creator? That's the reason I had Travis read Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When was it that angels were created? All things were made by him. Without him, there's not anything made that is made. Did he create before the beginning or the foundations of the world? Or did everything that he made, was it made in the seven days of creation that are established in the book of Genesis, the first and second chapters. If so, on what day did he make the angels? But we need to find out first what they are. Are they independent? Or are they procreated? When they work, do they work in multiple numbers or do they work in singular fashion and if they always work in a troop or if they work in a classification of multiple numbers does that determine what kind of angel we're talking about as much as what angels are were they pro Created? Do they recreate? Or is it that all of them that would ever be were made at the time any of them were made by Jesus Christ? What work is it that is given them to perform? And what are the differences in the kinds or types of angels? And maybe we need to establish the fact that there are kinds and types. And the angel of the Lord that is so much written about in both Old and New Testaments. Now we know that they were created. We know that they are not God, that they are a non-created being, that they always have been and were never said to have had a beginning, if for nothing else but from what Jesus said in Luke, the 20th chapter. He says, these angels are they who don't marry. Now, that doesn't stop the idea of procreation because marriage is the means of procreation in the physical sense, and angels are not physical. The Bible calls them many things. One place that you need to look at and spend some time in, and we'll be doing this as we study, is in the book of Hebrews, the first chapter. God, who had sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son... Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself purged us for our sins, sat down at the right hand of his majesty on high. Now listen. Being so much better than the angels as he hath obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. And to the angels he saith, and to the angels of God he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, that let his, let his, uh, let let, maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers servants, uh, ministers of a flame of fire. But unto the son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with an oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, here's where we want to stop, and although I don't like to stop here because it's such a beautiful uh, treatise. On the subject that we're discussing, we've learned so much that it's going to take us about three months to get to this part, much less... Have to spend some time in other places where there is as much, if not more, things taught about these beings we called angels. Let me see what we learned. They are spirits. If they're spirits, do they have a soul? If they have a soul and a spirit, have they ever had a body? If they were a soul and a spirit and never had a body, what kind of angel would that be? Now, there are angels that have a soul and a spirit and a body. But then there are angels that have only a spirit with no soul or body. And that there are angels that possess these requirements, it tells us what kind of angels of which we speak. A lot of people don't reckon this. But the term angel is a common word in the Greek language and been translated into the English. It comes from the Greek word angeles or "angelos." And it is a definition of a spirit being that is nothing else but a minister. Now, a minister can be one who ministers to people who are lost and people who are saved. And people who have never been either lost or saved. So when we find out what kind of angels we're speaking about we have to we can determine whether or not these minister to the lost or to the saved or to those who have never been lost or never sinned we got a lot of things to talk about oh I know we spend a lot of time with uh, some of the stories of the birth of christ and we think that the angels the only thing we ever know about say they, they were in a choir i had a guy tell me that we ought to have a choir where i preach because angels were in choirs well i told him if we did everything else that the angels did we'd have a problem in this world he said and what would some of those problems be i said number one you wouldn't be here because angels don't marry And if they don't marry, guess what would happen as far as you're concerned? You wouldn't be here. Because it's in marriage that procreation takes place. Then there are classifications of angels, as mentioned in the Bible. Now, I've not gotten any sense of the word to discuss the kinds of which we're speaking. I'm just trying to give you the overall view of the subject. But there's classification of angels. There are archangels. There are cherubims called by a name which designates where they minister. Then there are seraphims. Again, called by a name through and from which they minister. Then there are mighty angels, particularly and specially for the work that they have been used of God to do. These archangels, as we know, there were three in number. It has often been my thought, and maybe it's wrong, I've been wrong before. It wasn't just uh, last week that I was wrong. I've probably wronged a day on something. You know, you have to be a human being. I don't care what else you are. But I've often thought there were three archangels because there was three in the Godhead. And that each of these archangels were assigned a responsibility to one who was God, and therefore the number would be three. Now, that's what I think. I've never gotten real serious about it to try to prove it, but that's what I've always thought. There is an archangel, and I better erase this E because that's the Greek word. uh, There's the archangel whose name was Michael. Michael was the angel in charge and was the military officer for heaven. And he was the one who defended the plan of God. He was also a being who was characterized as being like Christ in that sense. Then there was Gabriel. All of us know of Gabriel. But what we don't know is that Gabriel was the only archangel that was used by God to send messengers Are to send a message from God directly to man. Michael never functioned in that capacity. Only Gabriel. It was Gabriel that came to Daniel. It was Gabriel that came to Mary. It was Gabriel that came to Joseph. It was Gabriel that came to John the Baptist's father, Zacharias. It was Gabriel whom God said to Daniel, Gabriel speaking, and while you began your prayer, I was caused to fly to you swiftly. That tells us something about these archangels that we didn't know if we listened, and that is they're not omnipresent. You see, when Jesus was on the earth... He was also in heaven. Yeah, the the Son of God was also the Son of Man, and as He was the Son of Man on the earth, He was still Son of God in heaven. He was in both places at the same time. Archangels are not that kind of being, they are not only omnipresent, they're also not omniscient. Nor are they omnipotent. Let's get omniscient, means all wise, omnipotent, all powerful. Now, I'll tell you something, something that you want to respect and something that you always need to understand. Never, ever underrate a power or a being of such might and power and majesty than an archangel. You are casting your soul to the wind and acting as foolish as rubbish. To act as though an archangel from God is not something special. He said, well, Joe, that's two. What's the third? Well, that's where the story kind of turns bad. The third was Satan. Satan was an archangel. Jesus said he was, I didn't. If you want to turn to Matthew the twelfth chapter, I'll let you show you, let you read for yourself, where Jesus called him that, and we can understand it with clarity. It says in verse 25, Jesus speaking, every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand, and shall be brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand if satan cast out satan he's divided against himself how then shall his kingdom stand Now to that the lord attributed to satan a kingdom is probably not something we'll discuss and then maybe we might but it is very much so a truism or jesus wouldn't have stated it and if i by beelgebob cast out devils by whom do your children cast out these devils Therefore, ye shall be your own judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you, or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he shall spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto me, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh the word against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him neither in this world, nor the, nor the world or age to come. The strong man's house. The chief man. The archangel of this world. You see, these angels are archangels because they govern or over other classifications of angels. Michael is always mentioned as the archangel who garners or secures the realm of heaven where God dwells. Michael, in a few instances, has had to join in effort with Gabriel in order to make sure that Satan didn't stop the plan of God that God intended to get done. And he's also seen in the 12th chapter of Revelation as a type of Christ because his name is used as the one who is over the angels of God who fought against Satan and his angels. They don't die. They don't marry. There are cherubims and seraphims and archangels and mighty angels, and they did not know the plan of God. And then at times they did. The very fact that they didn't know what these things are has been used of some to try to denigrate the place and the position of Jesus Christ amongst deity. The angels didn't know everything that we know. They weren't informed of what we know. But then you have to ask the question, what kind of angels? Were they the archangels? Were they the cherubims and seraphims? Or were they the mighty angels? Neither. These were messengers of God to men. Now I want you to listen. This classification of angel has been overlooked. And most people don't know they exist. I get a lot of mail here at the Port St. Lucie Church of Christ. And I get a lot of it from my brethren. And they show that they've not read the scriptures too much. Because every time I get a letter, most of the time, not every time I'd say, that would be wrong. But most of the time when I get a letter, it is to the preacher or elders or to the elders and deacons or to the elders, singularly, or to the minister, but never to an angel. Now, if I was going to be a person who would be writing letters to brothers and sisters in Christ of other congregations, I would do like Jesus. I'd write it to the angel. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Revelation, second and third chapters. I don't have to show you, but it happened so many times that you'd think somebody would pick up on the fact that he wrote the letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and every time he wrote a letter, he didn't write it to the elders. No, he didn't write it to the elders and the deacons. No, he didn't write it to whomever else. He wrote it. Well, let's just read. You have it? Turn to Revelation 2 and 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. You mean the church at Ephesus had an angel? Well, let's just keep reading. Revelation 2 and 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write. Oh, somebody says you don't think that those are angels. Okay, I don't know what you think they think they are, but you tell me what they are if what they are is not what they're called. Well, those are preachers. Okay, I can handle that, but they're called angels. What's wrong with calling them what God called them? Now, there's a lot of people... Oh, let me show you a couple more. I told you I'd show you about seven. Turn to the 12th chapter, 12th verse of the second chapter. Under the angel of the church in Pergamos, right? Have you noticed yet that I've not got to an elder and a deacon yet? You ever wondered why? Maybe somebody has told you a story that's not real. Let's look at the 18th verse of Revelation 2. And unto the angel of the... Everywhere I'm looking, I'm looking to an angel of the church at Tyra, Tyra right. Chapter 3, verse 1, unto the angel of the church at Sardis. Verse 7 of chapter 3, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. And then in 14, unto the angel of the church at Laodicea. Now, if I was going to write a letter to a sister congregation... I'd write it to the angel of the church at whatever the place is that it is and meets. I wonder what kind of knockdown drag out they'd have there to see who got to open that mail. You know, it's one thing to think you're something. It's another thing to not be able to prove it. And the fact is that when Jesus wrote through the Apostle John to these seven churches of Christ, he wrote to the men who were going to take care of the church, much against what's taught in the religious world today. These angels were ministering spirits. Turn to the book of Hebrews, the first chapter again, and the 13th verse. It says, Are not all these ministering spirits sent forth to be heirs to the, who shall be the heirs of salvation? Who are the, Who is this that is this they? Well, look at the 13th, uh, yeah, the 13th verse. But to which of the angels said he at any time set thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool? are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, this name appears all through the Bible. One time, my father, who was also a preacher of the gospel, had a radio program, and he got on there, and he got to talking to these people about uh, how the angels have beautiful feet. And somebody wrote in a letter to God's little angel. And they gave it to Daddy because he was the only one to claimed to be. Now, here's where you get the evidence. Turn to the book of Romans, the 10th chapter. Verse 14, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. These who were ministers that carried the gospel to the world were and are from the word God. Angel, translated. These are these preachers. So when an angel is used, you've got to look at the word. You've got to look at the kind. You've got to look at where they work. You've got to look at their qualifications. You've got to determine to whom they minister. And when people don't make these distinctive characteristics or classifications you'd never get them to understand who the angel of the lord was that's just somebody that really confuses them in a great sense for the angel of the lord is superior to and over all that have ever been or would ever call themselves angels yeah superior to the Archangels, sure, superior to the cherubims and the seraphims and the mighty angels, and particularly to the human messengers who carry the message of God. And they exist and still exist today. Now, the difference is, when did they begin? The archangels, the cherubims and the seraphims and the mighty angels all begin in the first four days of the creation of God. These who are the angels or the messenger of God to men were created on the sixth day. Now, a messenger of God carries a message to him whom God has determined to carry that message and the only one who's ever brought a message from God to man was an archangel named Gabriel, but he did that to a specific person for a specific reason and a specific time, Where the other angels who were created on the sixth day that's man, by the way are the only one that can preach to man. Somebody told me the other night that an angel spoke to them. I said, "In what language?" Oh, angelic language." I said did he wear shoes He looked at me like I was a fool If you ever have an angel to speak to you that doesn't wear shoes write it down and get him to sign it You know what he was referring to Turn to 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter and the first verse Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels And have not love, I become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I give my body to be burned. Now this person who was to speak as an angel had a body. And a body has feet and a feet wear shoes. So I was right on gear. All I was trying to do was promote that thought that this person had never considered. What was a tongue of angels was it something that the do do angels speak in hebrew greek aramaic english french i mean i can just keep going how do they speak to whom do they speak what is their purpose and are these angels sometimes they who minister to people who are not lost and who have never been saved you can see that we're going to get into a very interesting period of time angels by the use of the term and by the use of the name is like talking about the Holy Spirit you got to know where, when, what what was going on what was the purpose and how it was to be done The same thing is true with the study of angels. It was that that has caused so many confusions in the religious world that sometimes they just throw up their hands and quit. But we who are children of God need to know about the angels of God and the classifications of the same. It's the most common usage in the language of the scriptures for the word angel to be used as a verb that is a messenger that is one who carries the message in the book of Matthew the 11th chapter and I'm going to do that one because it's close to you in Matthew 11 and verse 10 the Bible says for this is he of whom it is written behold I send my angel before thy face Now, yours is translated messenger. But when you look it up, you'll find out what it is. Which shall prepare thy way before thee. You see, humans are angels who preach the gospel. And in Hebrews, the first chapter, and from verses 1 through verse 13. And in the second chapter, through and up until verse 14, he's talking about Human angels. Oh, you know how many problems this solves? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou hast made him. Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and crownest him with glory and power, and hast set him over the works of thine hands. What angel? But unto which of the angels said he at any time, Set thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool? And when he bringeth the first begotten of the Father into the world, he saith unto his angels, Let the angels of God worship him. And then something that is a very great compliment to angels is that he says, They are thy fellows. See, Jesus has fellows. A fellow is somebody who does the same work and is in the same capacity or has the same job classification, same idea of work and definition of the same. So Christ had fellow angels. In the book of 1 Peter, the first chapter, and I'm just starting this tonight, so I'm just throwing some things at you that I hope that you'll uh, allow stick and uh, when we get back to them and go through them in uh, a logical sequence, uh, maybe you'll be able to appreciate what we're talking about. But let's look in First Peter, the first chapter, the 10th through the 12th verses. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Now notice they're called prophets. <clears throat> the the uh, angels of uh, God and of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the plan of God or the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should be revealed, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you. With the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Now, a lot of times when people see these words, they don't know if they're talking about a human messenger, they don't know if they're talking about a spirit being. They don't know if they're talking of an archangel. They don't know if it's a seraphim or a cherubim. They don't know if it's a mighty angel. They don't know if he's ministering to saints of God or to children of God or to children who have never sinned. They don't know. And therefore, they just throw caution to the wind and never study and are ignorant as to what God did when he created angels. We have what the world has come up with, what they call a guardian angel. Now, there's a lot of people that talk about a guardian angel, and if you notice, I didn't put him on the board. Now, you might say, well, why did you say him? Well, uh, they are the male species, not the female. I didn't make them, Christ did. And when he made them, he made a male. They are male in gender. If we can consider that a spirit has gender. But these angels, who are preachers of the gospel, who are spirit beings, who sang in chorus at the birth of Christ on the earth, who were sent to the realms of the Hadean world because of following an archangel, Satan, be held there in chains forever who will be with Christ when he comes with his 10,000 times 10,000 times a thousand he's coming with his mighty angels for you that are troubled he said rest with us for when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven in flaming fire with his mighty angels he comes back taking vengeance on them who know not God and who obey not the gospel and who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence and the glory of his power. Now, I hope I've whetted your appetite. I hope that you're looking forward to this study. I hope that you'll come every Sunday night for the next few services that we discuss this subject because what I want to do is produce... The scriptural background for everything that we've talked about. Let you read it. Let you study it. Roll it over into your mind. So that when somebody talks to you about an angel, you know who they're talking about. And maybe they may not know. But you can really be able to help them. And then to find out whether or not angels are greater than man. Our man is greater than angels. Our angels were preferred before man. Or maybe it's man preferred before angels. Oh, we've got so many things to learn. And it's such an exciting study. And somebody tells me that children are little angels. Oh, I think that's about the closest caricature I've heard of. That is true. But we'll get to discuss that. And try to find out what the Word of God says, because it's there, and it's pretty plain, and it's pretty simple, and you and I can all understand the plan of God. If you're here and need to respond to the invitation of the gospel, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.
1: Bring Christ your life, so- to God be the glory. We hope you have profited from today's study of the mind of God. If you would like a tape of today's program, write to the Port St. Lucie Church of Christ, 384 East Midway Road, White City, Florida, 34982. Remember, never take man's word, only God's word. The Bible, demanding a book, chapter, and verse for everything you accept as belief. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of In Search of the Mind of God with Minister Joe Wilson.
2: I have often been asked about the scriptures. I really have no interest in social events. They won't change where my soul spends eternity, nor yours. What will change where we'll spend eternity is whether or not we've obeyed the word of God. We add in our efforts to preach the gospel a time of talking about questions that are of a religious nature and are not much concerned about the events of the day in an attempt to teach Jesus Christ and him crucified as we search the mind of God. And honestly, we'll not attempt to be coy or mean-spirited or cocky, but try to be straightforward and truthful, citing a book, chapter, and verse, or thus saith the Lord, not our opinions. There may be times that you think our opinions ride over a book, chapter, and verse, but if you will read in text and context, you'll find out that's not true. We'll not tell you what our Bible college or tradition, or seminary has taught will not even include what our mother or father believed. Because a personal witness or revelation will answer no question about the Bible, the only satisfying answer that will answer about the soul is God's Word. We'll be doing this weekly, and these answers will appear on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, WordPress, and our iTunes podcast. So hoping this will help you gain more knowledge of the scriptures. We'll state the question, and then the Bible answer. The question for today is, the Church of Christ seems to teach that they think they're the only church and the only ones going to heaven. I was in a group one day where I was working And they were all huddled around and snickering, and I walked up behind them, and said, what's so funny? What's laughing? Uh, You all are laughing about? The man answered and said, well, I had a dream that I went to heaven, and as I went to heaven, I was amongst a group of the denomination that I belonged to, and I happened to look over, and there was the Church of Christ over on a hill all by themselves, thinking that they were the only ones there. And so everybody had a jovial laugh. I said well what you didn't see or what you're not telling is the little stone that was standing by your right foot when you stepped on it it would flush everybody from heaven that was not supposed to be there that had gained admittance not by obedience but by their satisfaction of the way they felt how they considered or." what their pastor or their people had taught them. We don't get any privilege out of trying to let on like that we're egotistical or that we're the only ones that God is going to save. We don't even look at it that way. Our attempt is not to elevate ourselves, but to elevate the scriptures. So we ask these questions and i hope that if you have time you can write them down for what did jesus give his life there's a lot of people to cite john 3:16 god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and they think that the god gave his son to purchase this planet well why would you give your son to purchase what you already owned Well, they'll say, well, that's the world. Well, no, the word world has to be used in context, has to be determined by what's taught. The word world is the church. See, God's son bought the church with his blood, and there's only one church that he bought. In Acts, the 20th chapter and the 28th verse, Paul told the elders from Ephesus to take heed unto thyself and to the whole flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Somebody says, that's said church of God, not church of Christ. Oh, but my friend, don't you know that Christ is the only deity that ever had a body that ever had blood? So he's talking about the church of Christ because Christ was the God who had blood that shed his blood that the church of Christ can be purchased. And he only bought one pearl of great price. Look at Matthew thirteen forty-six. I hope this helps.
0: If you enjoyed today's sermon, read our regularly updated blog for insightful articles by visiting us online at pslchurchofchrist.com. If you would like to watch previous sermons, they can be viewed on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash PSL Church of Christ. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PSL Church of Christ. Or if you prefer to visit us in person to learn more on Sunday morning at 930 a.m. and 6 p.m. as well as Wednesdays at 730 p.m. And you can visit us at 384 East Midway Road next to Walgreens. See you next week.